Hey guys, WFAN the Kid here, and today I will be sharing with you my Week 10 NFL predictions. Last week I finished at 9 and 4, which I'm pretty content with. I think that's a pretty good record. Five games over 500. The four I got wrong, for the most part, were games I felt could go other way, except for the huge one where my New York Jets knocked off the Buffalo Bills. Our defense had Josh Allen rattled and it was the huge win, the biggest win that I could remember in a while for the Jets. And the upset that I did see coming was the Lions over the Packers last week. The way Aaron Rodgers was playing, I thought the Lions could sneak away with a victory, which they did wind up doing. But anyway, getting into Week 10, we start out Thursday Night Football, an interesting matchup, two not great teams. We have seen a lot of unfortunate primetime matchups this year. This could be another one. It's the Falcons and the Panthers. I'm going with the Falcons. The Panthers were blown out last week, 42-21 to at the Bengals, and Joe Mixon is really the reason for that. Five touchdowns last week. If you had him in fantasy, congratulations, because you almost certainly won your matchup. It was kind of crazy to watch the highlights. How many times Joe Mixon tore apart that Panthers defense. They could not lock him down whatsoever. And that is kind of a concern with me going into this game, how they'll fare against Kyle Pitts. And another big question for Carolina is who they're even going to put as QB. We did see P.J. Walker start last week, but did not finish. Baker Mayfield came in and did, definitely did better than P.J. did, so it'll be interesting to see who they select. Moving into the Sunday games, we have a historic first. The first game to be held in Germany in the NFL, the Buccaneers and the Seahawks. It should be an interesting contest. Brady did bounce back with a win last week. In the dying seconds, which is classic, classic Tom Brady. But I am going to have to go with the Seahawks. The Seahawks are red hot. Geno Smith, one of the absolute shocks of this season. Because he is week in, week out, putting up crazy numbers. Right around 300 passing yards. Touchdowns left and right. And of course, let's not forget about Kenny Walker, who has just been sensational as a rookie running back in his first year. Rushed for over 100 yards a couple times. And I think he could tear apart the Bucks' defense. We saw the Buccaneers' defense start off the season so perfectly. But as the season went on, it just got a whole lot worse, quickly. And they were once bailing out Brady, but it's not working anymore. So I gotta go with Geno Smith and the Seahawks. Then the Lions and the Bears. Another interesting one. Two young teams. Divisional matchup. Justin Fields last weekend against Miami did wind up losing. But he put on a show. He had a 60-something yard rushing touchdown. Where he just outran every Miami defender that attempted to lay a finger on him. Also had some nice passing plays hooked up with Cole Komet a couple of times. And it finally looks like Justin Fields is getting hang of this 
from what I'm seeing. And I think he's going to go out there, beat the Lions at home. Then we have the Browns and the Dolphins in the next matchup. Tua Tagovailoa has been a headline. Since he has returned from his injury, that scary injury, injury we saw, he has been fantastic. And even more so, Tyree Kill, his receiver, is on pace for a historic season. He's already well over 1,000 receiving yards at the midpoint of the season. Plethora of touchdowns thrown to him. And it's just crazy to watch. This offense is just about the best you'll find, not just in the AFC, but in the entire league. And I think they could be a fierce, fierce competitor as the season goes on and in the postseason. I think they handily take care of the Browns at home. Then the Broncos at the Titans. I'm hesitant to do so, but I'm picking the Titans. By the looks of it, Ryan Tannehill is returning. He missed the last two games out with an injury. And Malik Willis has not been great in this place. He looks kind of scared to throw the ball. In his first game, he only had 10 passing attempts, didn't even reach 20 passing attempts in the overtime game against Kansas City. We do know he's a running quarterback, but a quarterback has to be able to throw the ball in high-pressure situations, exactly like we saw against Kansas City, but he, he doesn't look like he's really up for the challenge. Derrick Henry, though, is the reason that they won the first game, rushed for over two hundred rushing yards against the Texans, and last week the only reason why the game was competitive and went to OT. However, with Tannehill back at the helm of the ship, I think they can take care of the Broncos. We all know Russell Wilson has had a rough season, to say the least, and I don't think he's going to bounce back in this one. The next game is one that I will probably be watching, considering my Jets don't play this weekend. We're at our bye week. The Vikings and the Bills. This is the toughest one. You're probably going to see a lot of people going back and forth on this one. Of course, because Josh Allen is day-to-day -day with an elbow injury. He suffered on the second-to-last play of last week's game against the Jets. In real time, you could see him kind of not looking right right after the play had happened or the Jet knocked the ball away from him on that third down long. Um, it's going to be interesting, but by the looks of it, I'm going to just anticipate that he's not going to play because I don't think that the Bills are in a position to risk that. You know, they still have the entire season ahead of them. They don't want to risk... Josh Allen getting hurt any worse than he already is. So I think we're going to see Case Keenum versing his former team. That would be kind of cool. And of course, Stefan Diggs also going to be against his former team there. I'm going with the Vikings. They're 7-1. and one. They're finding a way to win in close, gritty games. Came back down 10 in the fourth quarter to win it last weekend. I, I have to go with Minnesota. Justin Jefferson, after a slow start, has found his groove. He's really playing lights-out football like we were used to seeing him in his previous two seasons. The Bills... Forget about Josh Allen. 
that team as a whole was stunned by the Jets last weekend. And I mean stunned. The Bills were, what, 12, 13-point favorites going into this game? And while Josh Allen didn't have a great game, the whole team is to blame. You either win as a team or you lose it as a team. That's a very important lesson. And on that final drive, the Jets ran about seven, eight times in a row, all for big gains, like 10-yard gains, 15-yard gains, some of them. And they couldn't stop it. The Bills' defense just could not stop it. And give a lot of credit to Sauce Gardner for that interception to halt the Bills' drive right after the Jets failed to capitalize. It's just really exciting. It was for me as a Jets fan. Anyway, the Vikings, I have taken that one. Next game, Texans and the Giants. I think this is a pretty straightforward pick that I'm going to go with the New York Giants. Dable, as I've said time and time again, has been incredible as the Giants head coach thus far. The lack of talent on that team is pretty noticeable. But you wouldn't know it watching the team, the job that Dable has done. The Texans, they've just been a mess this year. Not too many things that I could compliment them on. They only have one win on the year. They currently hold the number one overall pick in the draft if the season ended today. Gotta go with the Giants. The Jaguars and Chiefs, probably an even more straightforward pick than the Giants. I go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes has been getting it done without Tyree Kill. That was a concern going into the year. It should no longer be. Nobody should doubt Patrick Mahomes putting up great numbers. Kelsey, of course, remains the number one target or one of the primary targets for Patrick Mahomes. And Jacksonville, while they are looking up a bit, they're still a young team, and they're not ready to go to Arrowhead Stadium and get that win. The final 1 o'clock game features the Saints and the Steelers. I think this will be a close game. This is one that I would avoid betting on because of the inconsistency that the Saints possess. You know, one week they look fantastic, one week they don't. It's all over the place for them. But I'm going to go with the Steelers. The key to the Steelers winning this one is Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett has to wait for his opportunities, you know, not force any passes, limit the interceptions. We've all heard those jokes about, (laughs) of course, the first four letters of his last name, Pick, throwing a lot of them in his debut through four against the Jets. So if he could limit the turnovers, I think he could get it done. Najee Harris is also a player to keep an eye on who could have a moderate to big game in this one. Now, into the 4 o'clock games we go. First one up is the Colts and the Raiders. If you listen to my podcast in the middle of this week, I had both the Colts and the Raiders finishing with not just winning records, but very, very good records and winning their divisions. It's not been the case for either one of those teams. So much has gone wrong for both teams, starting with the Raiders. Darren Waller, where the heck are you? That's what Raiders fans would like to know. Then, of course, they blew the 17-0 lead to Jacksonville. Game management has been dreadful. Then you look at the Colts. 
benched Matt Ryan for whatever reason. I do not know why they decided to do that. It was a salvageable season before they decided to make that switch two games ago. Lost both of them with Ellinger. He has yet to find his rhythm. Jonathan Taylor has been out several games. Looks like he might return this Sunday. And of course, the huge news this week from the Colts, the firing of Frank Reich, which I don't agree with. Frank Reich, every season since his tenure started with Indianapolis, has been fine. Every season has been a winning season, maybe had one 500 season. Did miss the playoffs last year, and this season is not going according to plan. But he is a good coach, and a coach that I admired. But that's what they decided to do. I'm going to pick the Raiders, but I don't think this is going to be a pretty game. Both teams have just had a hell of a rough season. And this game doesn't really matter all that much to either team. Then the Cardinals and the Rams should be a better game. I'm going to pick the Rams. They are the defending Super Bowl champions, but they've disappointed. They have really disappointed this season. But the Cardinals haven't been much better. There was also high expectations for Arizona with Kyler Murray. DeAndre Hopkins coming back, of course, gave fans some hope, but they've lost two in a row now, and it's not looking great for either side here. But I am going to stick with the Rams, thinking that they'll win a narrow, narrow victory. The final game in the 4 o'clock hour is a matchup we've seen many, many times. The Cowboys and the Packers. Although we've seen this a lot, we haven't really seen this matchup in a while where one of these two teams has struggled as badly as the Packers currently are. Five games in a row the Packers have lost, and all of them have been straight up ugly. Aaron Rodgers just shot the Packers right in the foot so many times. Fourth and goal, he throws an interception. Other key points of the games, other interceptions. And the Packers could only muster 10 points in the loss to the Lions. And if you're going to be a competitor, you can't lose those type of games, much less lose five in a row. All to inexperienced teams. Let's rattle them off. Let's, let's look at some of these losses. The Lions, the Commanders, the Jets... The Giants, all of these teams, quite inexperienced. And a lot of them are winnable games, games you should be winning when you're Aaron Rodgers, as experienced a QB as he is. And he's just not. He has not looked like himself. And if he keeps this up, it looks like retirement might be near for number 12. With that being said, of course, I'm picking the Dallas Cowboys. Not only is Dak back as QB, but their defense has been sensational. It's just an all-around great team. Ezekiel Elliott looks like he's going to return, which is more good news for them. I think they route the Packers. Then we move into Sunday night football, and I think it'll be a good close game. The Chargers and the 49ers. My money's on the 49ers, though. They have all the pieces. They traded for Christian McCaffrey. They have George Kittle. They have a top five defense in the NFL. 
experienced QB that knows the team in Garoppolo. So they should be winning this game. They do sit at 4-4. Four and four. They've had some tough losses. Narrow, narrow losses. But I say that they're going to have an explosive second half, so be ready for that. The final game of Week 10 is the Commanders and the Eagles. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. They're 8-0, in my opinion, soon to be 9-0. They have just been amazing in every aspect, defensively and offensively. Jalen Hurts has been better than I could have imagined, and the importance of getting A.J. Brown cannot be overstated. The kind of impact that he's brought to Philadelphia is unreal, and I'm not saying these eight wins are all because of him, but he's definitely played a key role. And I just cannot see how the Commanders would beat a team as hot as the Eagles. They did nearly defeat Minnesota last weekend. Taylor Heineke honestly has looked pretty damn good in the three games we have seen him play in since Carson Wentz went down with his injury. And even if Wentz does come back to healthy, I would say stick with Heineke. You know, he's given your team a fighting shot here, 4-5 and five in the NFC, very much still alive in that wild card race. So I would stick with him. I think he might surprise some people. And that is going to wrap up my Week 10 NFL predictions. Thank you for listening. This is WFAN The Kid.